Hello. And my question for you right off the bat is, have you ever found yourself stuck in the endless loop of procrastination? where taking that first step or the next step feels impossible or just too damn hard. Well, do you want to know the way to overcome procrastination? The answer is one single word. The answer is action. That's it. Just do something. Take a step. Take an action. Start. Do something. That is the way out of procrastination. Uh, I hate to tell you, but you cannot think or plan or even envision yourself out of procrastination. You can't wish it. You can't think it through and plan all the steps and suddenly be out of procrastination. You have to do something. <laughs> we all do, not just you. I did, and I continue to have to do something. So that is uh, what I am going to talk to you about today. And with the focus, if you will, or with the concept, the overarching concept of taking action as the future you, the version of you who already has all of your desires, who has reached and achieved the goals, who is living the life that you envision, who has, you know, done anything, traveled, earned money, have the job, have the family, have the, whatever your rock star dreams, which you hear me talk about a lot, are take action as that version of you. And if you have questions about that, let me know or send me some feedback if you want to know more about that specifically. And I will definitely either touch on it or maybe do uh, a specific dedicated podcast about just that topic. But why take action as the future you? Why is that my focus? Because bottom line is what you've done in the past, like what your past um, track record is or your patterns in the past and what you're currently doing has not given you the results that you desire. You might be on your way and you may have you know, achieved some parts of it, but to continue up-leveling and to continue reaching new goals different goals, all these things, you need to continue taking action. And thinking of the future version of you as your guide, as your inspiration, you already know you. It's just, okay, what would the future version of me do? What did the future version of me do? It helps you get out of like that planning and hemming and hawing and all of that. So ask yourself, you know, look at your, your future, the future version of you who's living everything you want. Use that version as your guide. Um, so just for the purposes of documenting, not documenting, but including all the information or as much information <laughs> as I can today, what is procrastination? Bottom line is it's putting off shit you know you need to do. That's it. Putting off the shit you know you need to do. Now, there's some more things. You could add more layers to it or another perspective that I've included is you're avoiding shit that requires effort, attention, or that you just don't feel like doing because it doesn't feel good or it's hard 
or it will take too long. And instead, you choose to do nothing or to do something more fun, more mindless, or that's just easy. That choice does not actually move you closer to what you want. It gets you more of what you have now. It supports what you have now. Now, what you have now may not be bad. I'm not saying that it has to be or that it is, but there is always something that we can strive for. Even if, now hear me out on this, even if it's more of what we already have, amplifying and up-leveling what we already have. So know that your situation does not have to be dire or you don't have to want to make a drastic life change for this concept and this information to apply. But also know that amplifying and up-leveling and having more of what you already have also requires additional action, continued action, different action to up-level it, to get you those, you know, additional resources or whatever the, the case is. So that's the bottom line. Procrastination is putting off shit that you don't want to do. And the thing is, most of the time, most of the time, I would say that you're not really ever going to want to do the thing that is harder or the thing that's uncomfortable or the thing that takes longer because we as humans are wired for instant gratification instead of delayed gratification. Of course, it feels much more enjoyable to get the instant gratification, the instant high, the instant dopamine hit. But know that the delayed gratification is, is ongoing. You can look back and say, look at the steps and the progression and those dopamine hits that you get along the way by doing the new thing, by achieving the goal. And I, at least from my experience, those dopamine hits are much stronger than the ones where we're doing like the easy thing, like scrolling or, you know, or binging out on Netflix longer or more often than is beneficial. Of course, I think there is something to be said for binging uh, Netflix and having those down moments, but not maybe for long stretches, consistent long stretches, often frequent long stretches, and not all of the time. There is a time for that as well. But the instant gratification is the easy route. It's not the hard route, but that delayed gratification, I would say from my experience is much more uh, intense, more amplified than the instant gratification dopamine hits we get. So procrastination is our brain's way of telling us to put off the things that don't feel good. And it's, it, it says things or what, you know, we have these stories, our brain is telling us that put it off until it feels right for you. Put it off until you feel like doing it or put it off until you're motivated to do it, right? This seems to make sense. It seems to make sense in our brains when we think, oh yeah, I'll wait till I feel like doing it because then I'll really put 100% effort into it. 
But if you keep feeling or waiting until you feel like doing it, it may be a long time coming or it's not going to carry you very long. You may not feel like doing it for very long once you actually get started because then you remember, oh, yeah, it's hard or, oh, yeah, it this takes effort or it doesn't feel very comfortable. So you might have those moments of, oh, I feel like doing this right now. But that, I would argue, is not going to carry you through the hard parts if that's what you're waiting to get you going. Um, when we, oh, here's a quote. That's what I, I was like looking at my notes. When we feel off, we put our lives off. And that quote is from Gary John Bishop, who's the author of the book, Unfuck Yourself. I just finished listening to it and it has so many gems that I needed to hear. So I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. So this is, I'm not going to go into the book yet because uh, I'm just finishing it. So I think I will do episodes in the future that are specifically related to a book that I got a lot out of so that I can share my takeaways. But that's a quote. When we feel off in the sense like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like it's the right time. I just, it, it feels off. So when we feel off, we put our lives off. We put them on hold while we wait for that feeling or that inspiration, right? So you can definitely check out the book. I will be sharing it with you um, in an episode and also in my resources and favorites with my uh, takeaways on that. So it's called Unfuck Yourself by Gary John Bishop, if you're curious. So what we're doing when we're saying, when we tell ourselves, I'm waiting to feel, you know, I'm waiting till it feels right. I'm right. I'm waiting until what, how did I say it? Until, until I feel like doing it. You're waiting on a feeling and I've done it. I'm, I still do it from time to time. It's not something that I think I overcome ever get rid of any of us. It's just curtailing that and actually doing something instead. So we're waiting on a feeling when we're doing that, when we're putting off the things, we're waiting for the motivation, we're waiting for the inspiration, we're waiting for the desire to want to do the damn thing. But the thing is, um, the feeling that you're after, like that, that, you know, um, that feels right or feeling good or feeling motivated, the feeling is going to come after you do the thing or from doing the thing. The initial motivation, you know, granted, the initial motivation that comes from your initial idea or being inspired by someone else or hearing something that sounds like a great idea, that initial motivation is very fleeting. The genuine, kind of like that long lasting, that I mean, I can't really think of a better word right now than genuine. That genuine motivation comes from you experiencing the benefits or seeing glimpses of the results that you're after. Because in that instance, you have continued to take action. You have at least maybe not consciously, but you are pursuing the delayed gratification, knowing that the consistent steps you're taking, knowing that continuously showing up is the thing that's going to get you the results. And then when you start to see results, 
when you start to experience the benefits, then that is some kick-ass motivation that you can always refer back to. You can always say, hey, I felt awesome when I finished that workout. I felt so good when I reached my savings goal and was able to buy the thing or was able to afford the thing or go to this place or whatever. I felt so proud of myself when I was able to fit into my clothes or a size smaller clothes. I felt so, um, it, you know, inspired by seeing the, you know, the flexibility that I developed or the strength that I developed. And it made me want to keep going. So that initial motivation is fleeting, the idea or the inspiration. But that um, long, long lived, not long lived, that's wrong. That's incorrect, I should say, not accurate. The real motivation that comes from you comes from after you take the action, after you do the steps and you start seeing the results, because you then have evidence to look back on. You have results that you can see that are either measurable or visible, or you've experienced them. And that is not an imagination. That's not a story. That is something that you can say, I did this, I accomplished it, and I want to do it again, or I want to do more of it. And one of the, you know, one of the huge lessons, um, wait a second, make sure I, I got through all that part of my notes. So the genuine motivation comes from you experiencing the benefits. Yes. Or seeing the results. Um, and you can always draw on that. Okay. Now, one of the biggest lessons for me was, um, <laughs> like the, you know, like where we know it, but the real the realization is like knowing what I need to do and knowing the processes, having the knowledge of what the results will be is not enough. That's what I referred to as earlier. You know, we can't think our way out of procrastination. We can't plan our way out of procrastination because walking through the steps and knowing like, yes, taking action or knowing that, yes, setting intentions or taking action is the future me or whatever the case is. There was so many examples that I could come up with probably if I look through my journals, but walking through the steps in my brain, knowing what the steps are, knowing what to do is not enough. It's not going to get us out of procrastination, like saying, yes, I can see myself taking the steps. I can see the results. I know what is coming. I know there's going to be hard parts and I know that I need to have a plan or I know that I need to set boundaries. I know that will benefit me. Knowing all that doesn't accomplish the desired results. It just keeps us in our head. And to get out of procrastination, we need to get into our body, meaning taking action in some way, whatever that is. Um, let's see. And so that was something that I had to acknowledge saying, you know what? I know all this stuff. I talk to people about this stuff. I teach people about this stuff. But why am I not at the level that I desire to be at? Well, because knowing it is not enough, Patty. 
that was the bottom line that I had to get real with and acknowledge to myself. And I probably will have to do that again on another level or in another, you know, another thing that I haven't yet tackled or worked on yet. So knowing that it applies to everybody, knowing it is not enough. We need to take action. And so I wrote the bottom line is action is the way out of procrastination, making yourself do it. Because if you are on my email list, like I shared a a video on there from Mel Robbins, no one is coming to do it for you. No one is coming to inspire you. Yes, people might encourage you and, you know, say that you can do it, but nobody's going to do it for you. We have to be the person, the parent, if you will, parenting ourselves, as she referred to in that video, and say, you need to get up and do this. There is no other option. There is no other choice. You're not going to get your results otherwise. So get up and do it. Or just do in what you currently have and have more of that. And if you're okay with that, then you're okay with that. But no one is coming to do the work for you. And no one is coming to um, take, you know, take that action. And no one can experience that genuine motivation and inspiration like you can. Because you feel it in your body, not in your head. Uh, So, um, I also want to point out that, yes, our thoughts and feelings are important. And you might be familiar with the phrase, you know, change your thinking, change your life. Yes. But I'm referring to a, this isn't going to be an exact quote, but something that um, Gary John Bishop said in the book also, changing our thoughts and changing our mindset, like on a genuine level, not just from moment to moment, like changing our actual belief system, changing the way we look at life is possible. Of course it's possible, but it's like turning a battleship. It doesn't happen, you know, quickly. It's a process and it's slow, but taking action can be instantaneous. And that's how we start to develop those new belief systems, those new thought patterns by experiencing the evidence and the results that come from taking action. So yes, it's important to have a positive mindset, but I think at least again, from my experience by focusing on phrases like that, held that held me back because like, oh, I have to wait to get my mindset straight. I have to wait till I fully embody this belief before I will see any results. No, I will see results and I have seen results and I am seeing results by taking action by doing it consistently, by showing up, by making mistakes and learning from them, by saying, oh, I didn't know that that was going to be a result because I didn't think, I didn't know all these things when I was walking through it in my brain. A lot of the things we won't know until we start doing them. And yes, we can pivot. Yes, we can redirect. We can try again. We can try differently, but we won't experience that by walking through the steps in our brain. So yes, mindset is important. Yes, our feelings are important, but we don't have to have all that stuff nailed down before taking action. We can take action in any 
given moment, every given moment, you know, we can be, um, we can take action and then our mindset and our emotions will align the more we do it. So that was also something that I don't want to say was a tough pill to swallow, but it was this realization like, oh, that these sayings that people use frequently are true, but there's more to it than just that. So yes, changing our thinking can change our lives, but to change our thinking, we need to change our actions. (laughs) We need to change our actions and see different results in order to really sustain this new way of thinking. So keep in mind, I am not saying to discount that they're not important, our thoughts and our feelings, but taking action is the immediate solution and way out of procrastination. So um, as I referenced before, using this guide, your future self, the way to do that is to simply ask yourself the question. And you can either you know, just say it, think it, or write it out in a journal even is, what what would or what did the fill in the blank version of myself do? So what would the successful version of myself do? What would the healthier version of myself do? What would the, um, um, you know, healthy, wealthy, what would the wealthy version of myself do? What did the healthy, wealthy, (laughs) wise version of myself do. And whatever comes to mind, do it. Now, is that going to be the end all be all? Maybe not, but you won't know the next best step until you take the first one. When you take the first one, you will realize, oh, this was not the right thing. Let me try something else. Or this was the right thing. And look what I realized. Now I see what the follow-up step is. You will get some type of information by taking an action. Now, a lot of times I have heard and I've seen, you know, where people say, I took an action, but it was the wrong one. So it didn't do any good. No, it did. It did do good because you realize that was the wrong thing. And you wouldn't have realized that if you just continued playing this plan in your head over and over. So taking the action, realizing it was the wrong one is great information because now you can try something different. And so it's not pointless. It's wonderful because now it's like, why waste your time playing that plan over and over in your head now that you know that that didn't get the result you wanted, or that wasn't the right first step. Let me try something else and see what is the next best step. And also very, very often these action steps that, you know, the future, your future self gives you, or that you identify as the current you are oftentimes things we would rather not do. That's why we put them off because we'd rather not do them. And also just kind of drawing from, from my email that I sent out my new, my Monday or actually went out on Tuesday, my newsletter, I shared a story about how I used to be a smoker 
and I'm no longer a smoker. And the thing is, I liked smoking. I liked being a smoker. I enjoyed it. I stopped smoking anyway because I did, you know, I didn't in that instance say what would future me do because I hadn't really developed that that reference yet. But I knew that continuing to smoke was not going to benefit me. I have asthma. It's not very severe asthma, but I could see that, you know, smoking for the several years, you know, I don't even know how many it was really. I'd have to, you know, at least 10 years that I had smoked was impacting that. And I also knew that the things I wanted to do, like travel and do these various other things, would be harder. Of course, not impossible, but harder if I had these health problems. And so if I'm being honest, which I shared also in that email story, is like if there was an alternate reality or an alternate existence where smoking was not bad for you, like I would love to still be a smoker. You know, if you don't smoke and never have, you know, you don't have to resonate with that. I'm just using that as an example to say that we're going to need to do things that we would rather not do in order to achieve different results, in order to get to where we want to be, to live the dreams that we have on our vision boards or in our minds or in imaginations. And here's some examples just in my everyday life, like along the lines, like I would, I would love to still be smoking, but I don't, I would rather like naturally, is that the right word? I mean, what comes natural or easy to me is staying up late. Like be a night owl is my, my, I guess my nature staying up late, getting up late, you know, that type of thing. That's what I would do naturally. But so I would rather stay up late, but instead I get up early. I get up at five, actually just a little before five. I set my alarm for 15 minutes, 445, so that I have time to get my workout clothes on, you know, get the coffee pot set so that it will go, you know, be ready and all that stuff and all that. And then from five to six, I do my exercising, meditation and journaling. And then from six to about 730 um, or 6.15, depending on if I still have like, you know, cleaning up, like making my bed and things like that. So anywhere from 6.15 to starting between 6.15 and 6.30 to 7.30-ish, I do my biggest task. Like it's either my email or drafting it or whatever my biggest task is. I either start it or get it done. And then three or four days a week, my dad and I go walking at about 7.30. So I would rather be up late. I am making myself, and yes, I'm making myself, go to bed around 10.30. I could probably push it a little earlier, but, you know, I have to ease my way back maybe, but that gives me about six good hours. And I mean that, that I've, you know, I'm kind of tired, but I'm not like, oh, drained. So maybe I'll push that to earlier as I go along. I don't know, but I would not rather get up at 445 in the morning. And I'm not saying you have to, there are people I know who are more productive in the evening, but what works for me in this framework is that I have several different things that I have to divide my attention throughout the day. I have my business, I have my job that I still have, and I am a mastermind coach for another community that, you know, that I, I work, I do 
lead that mastermind coaching. So I have to divide my attention and my responsibilities in three different buckets. And so getting up early and having that early part of the day to get the biggest task done leaves me my evenings to do the things that I enjoy instead of working which is what I was doing before when I didn't have the early morning. I was working till, you know, eight or nine and then staying up later even because, oh, well, now I have my free time. So this actually curtails that. Um, and I would rather be enjoying more sweets than I do, but I really enjoy the little ones that I allow myself. They're my treats and um, um, what was it like? Eating healthy is not difficult for me. I enjoy healthy foods. That was fine. I simply needed to reduce the amount of sweets and the unhealthy, unhealthier food um, to less frequently. And so I would rather eat the sweets. Of course I would. But I save them for treats or I enjoy smaller bits, smaller portions, not the whole thing. So to wrap up, taking action is the antidote to overthinking, to wondering, to fear, to whatever that is keeping you from taking action. So whatever is causing the procrastination, action is the way out. And um, let's see. Oh, yes, I almost skipped right over this. When we do take action, when we're doing the thing, our thoughts, that over, those overthinking thoughts, go away. Because when we're exercising or whatever action, you know, eating healthy, making a better, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Meal prepping or grocery shopping based on a healthier list or whatever action it is that you're doing. Our overthinking thoughts go away and we have different thoughts. They might be like if we're exercising. This is hard. It hurts. When's it going to be over? But we're still doing the thing. We're not overthinking. You might have thoughts like, if I feel really awkward or this really sucks. I am not enjoying this at all. But you're still doing it. And you still get past it and you're still alive. Your brain would like to tell us, oh, no, that's uncomfortable. We're going to die. Because that's, that's, that's our um, earlier caveman brain still, you know, in full effect. Danger, danger, danger. So we have different thoughts. The overthinking goes away and we have different thoughts when we're taking actions like, oh man, this is harder than I thought or easier than I thought, or I'm actually having a little bit of fun or it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. We have different thoughts. So you want to get rid of the overthinking, take an action, some kind of action. Um, and um, like, I, yes. And so I just said, whatever is feeding the procrastination, action is the antidote. And the future you will never regret trying. The future you will never regret taking the action. And you won't even regret not achieving your goal so long as you tried. Right. So think about uh, this is coming from the book, too, because I like pulling on examples that I can refer to um, in the book. Um, he said, you won't regret not earning a million dollars, but you will regret not starting the business or not investing or not whatever the case is. 
you won't regret trying to climb the mountain. This is what he talked about, like hikers, you know, who scale Mount Everest. They don't regret trying it. And sometimes they have to come back and regroup and go again. But you don't regret the trying. At the end of our days, we would regret not doing it, not trying, not getting started. So know that future you will not regret the trying. And it will be okay that you don't succeed fully because our dreams are like signposts, but they can also be redirected. So I think that's, um, I put that as a topic for another one, that our dreams are actually like beacons. And if we don't achieve the actual dreams, we're still achieving something. And maybe going after the dream that we do have is the path to the app, to our actual purpose or to what it actually is going to look like. We just don't know what that is yet until we start going for our dreams. So I didn't want to make it too long. So I left that part as just a little bit of a blurb. And to wrap up, if you do work with the lunar cycle, um, we are on the date I'm recording. This is September 20th of 2023. We have a first quarter moon coming up at the end of the week. I think it's Friday. And the first quarter moon is the time to start taking action. So if you work with the lunar cycle, look up when the first quarter moon is and plan an action step. And please don't say, oh, wait, we're at the full moon. I just passed it and I can't take action. You can take action at any time. But working with the lunar cycle, the quarters are the times to, to take some type of action. But if there's a day that shows up and you have an opportunity that says, oh, this opportunity is being presented and I'm not going to take action because it's the, not the first quarter moon. No, that's not that's not the point. Following the framework, following the pattern of the lunar cycle will attract the opportunities to you, you know, at the right time or when they're available. So if you're not taking haven't taken action yet or you have an action you um, know you can take plan it for the first quarter moon. It simply means that the energy is supporting that, but there is never a wrong time to take action. So, uh, and then you can also do release work at the full moons, releasing the old habits, releasing the patterns, releasing the resistance to the actions. And I will be doing, I mean, I, I incorporate working with the lunar cycle in almost everything I share, because that's what, that's the, the, the foundation of, my of my business and how I have made changes in my life is by working with the lunar cycle. So if you have specific questions about that, I always welcome them because then I know what you would like to know or where you're at, where you're at with your process and what you would what you want or would like to know or need to know. So that's what I have for you guys today. Um, next week's episode is going to be about actually looking at the year as a lunar cycle. I've been doing a series uh, where every season I talk about the phase of the lunar cycle that that season uh, correlates to. And so next week episode, we will be into the fall season. So I will be talking about how the fall season correlates to the third quarter moon of the lunar cycle. And if you have not heard the previous episodes, they are not right in line. They're done in real time throughout the seasons. I started with the spring season back in 
April or March, somewhere in there. And then I did the full moon summer season uh, a couple, a few months ago. And now this week or next week, I'll be talking about the fall and the third quarter moon. So thank you guys for being here and I will see you next week. <laughs>